Peace, peace, everyone. It's your girl, Sequoia Blue, back in here with another episode. And we have a special guest tonight. We have Corby Midlight. And she is a tarot card boss. And she's going to talk about reincarnation and how we can grow and understand that there's another dimension, possibly. <laughs> so thanks for being on here, Corby. I appreciate you so much. I'm excited. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking. So I want to talk about my first question. Um, so if someone wants to become a tarot card reader, is there like an innate intuition they need to have to be a tarot card reader? Sequoia, we are all wired like the same house plan. I am not special. Y'all can do what I do. I mean it. The reason that I'm as good as I am is, you know, I'm 67. I started in 1973 when I was a senior in high school and we were all hippies. Everybody had a deck. <laughs> So, and when you've read for half a century, you get to know a little stuff, but anybody can read cards. I start them off actually with Oracle cards. Now, Oracle cards are different because they don't have centuries of rules and regs and they don't have to be read a certain way. So a course I teach called Decadence, you will pick up any Oracle deck within 30 seconds, you'll be reading it and you'll be getting it right because you'll learn to trust your own intuition. We didn't have it. There's a lot of stuff that would have happened to you, but you know, well, I guess I need to go that way instead of this way. Well, I don't feel good about going out on this date or whatever. That's your intuition. We all have it and it's good to use it. Mm, I like that because that's the thing. The cards are like this extra version of what's already in us. We yes. already know it, but it's like these cards are like that confirmation. So that makes sense. I like that. Um, and one of the things is, how did you how did you get interested in past lives? Like I, I was called. My mom always told me I was an old lady. I lived before and I do feel like I lived before. <laughs> so, Koya, do you really think any of us are smart enough to get it all done in one life? I mean, get real here. No, we've all had hundreds. So the thing is, when spirit says, hi, here's your draft notice, you're going to be working for us. It kind of rifles in your internal file cabinet to find out what you're good at. So what's my stuff? I was a professional actress in New York, theater major at Brown University, so I know how to build a character. Words are my drug of choice. I am a writer, so I can tell story. And I have loved history since I was a kid in single digits. You put all that together, and past lives make huge sense. And so instead of my seeing a vision and saying, well, it's a long skirt, a big hat, so I know it's old fashioned. I can see this picture of you in a past life. And I'll say, that's a hobble skirt, that kind of picture hat with that kind of ostrich feather. And I see you standing in front of the Brandenburg gate in Berlin. So this is Berlin in 1911 or 12. Which one's going to give you more information? See? On the other hand, do not ask me to do spirit art for you because I cannot hold a pencil and draw a stick figure with a sharp edge and a lot of prayer. It's just not going to happen. Wow. I like that. I I totally agree with that because um, I definitely feel like a lot of us have came going into reincarnation, really. But a lot of people don't know what reincarnation is. I, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I went to school for metaphysics and I know... I went to uh, uh, Indian Temple in Atlanta, and I was learning about reincarnation a lot and stuff like Which that. Which one in Atlanta? Um, it's the uh, uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like one of the main ones in College Park. 
Mm-hmm. This was like six so years ago. I lived in Florida for years. Phoenix and Dragon over in Roswell. I loved Atlanta. So yeah, that's yeah. a good place. Yeah, I started when I left the church in that left the church when I was 25 and I got into yeah. the Indian Temple of Atlanta. I think that's what, the Temple of Atlanta or something. Okay. And I went there and I started getting to meditation and I just felt like the 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 guy that was doing the meditation was talking about reincarnation and stuff and I think somebody some people was like, "Yeah, you know, but I actually believe in it." Like, what, can you explain to the audience what reincarnation is and like so they can get an idea of what it is? Sure. For one thing, uh, a lot of people who are listening may be strict churchgoers, and they're going to say, well, the Bible says we only live once, and I'm going to tell them, and hey, you're right, too. The difference is reincarnation is our soul coming down life after life to learn. But the Sequoia recipe, the Corby recipe, we're one and done. We, as this, will never be down here again. So in that sense, yes, the Bible is right. It's one and done. But if you're going to try and imagine it, um, all right, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I deal with it. So I'm going to use the actor Matt Smith. Matt was the 11th Doctor, the crazy one with the bow tie and the suspenders. I loved him. He was my Doctor. But when Matt Smith, the actor, was done playing the Doctor, he was hired to play Prince Philip in the first two seasons of The Crown. Prince Philip of England. Now, those are two incredibly different people, but they were brought to life by this one actor. So you can think of Matt Smith as the soul and the doctor and Prince Philip as incarnations. You see how that works. The key is the soul, but the personality is the construct so that they can learn certain things. You're going to learn different things when you come down as a female as when you come down as a male. That's a fact. And what do you what do you think about people becoming a cat or a dog or I mean like, No. For instance, I mean, like sometimes I think my grandma's in my dog, you know, because <laughs> that's that's transubstantiation. <laughs> and as far as I know, um or transmigration. No, I don't think so. So a lot of people have said they want to come back as one of my cats because they're extraordinarily spoiled. But no, I think that we come in as people. I, now, I think so too. We we may go and be like a foreign exchange student um, on another planet with a different life form. We don't always have to come in human that way. But I don't think that we go into a life form that is not as advanced as we are once we've been human. Yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. Because I was like, I don't know if that's the dog. I think the dog has his own spirit. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, now, animals can come back. Animals can come back. Yeah. You know that. The cat's got nine lives. No. <laughs> but I do believe yes. they can. I do believe they can. Because I just feel like my dog, Blue, I feel like he's been here before. Like, he looks into my eyes. And it's like, I just feel like, I said, this dog is whole man or something because my aunt would say my aunt's not spiritual like that but she said that dog's been here before so I mm-hmm. totally believe that this dog know what's up um, and then I want to say okay this was one question I have can you change your own future if the psychic tells you something you don't want to happen so like basically if a psychic Hell says, yes. cause I was going to say if the like, psychic says they're going to be alone forever e- even the best one of us are only 85% accurate the only one 100% accurate is God and God is not doing phone readings or seated in psychic care this year Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two ways to look at things. 
there is your pre-birth plan. And that's like your college major. You come down wanting to learn certain things. But free will is like deciding, well, I'm going to get my history degree by taking a bunch of gut courses or double major plus lab. Okay. Yeah. That, so that's where free will comes in. Um, for instance, one of the things that I teach people is don't stay stuck in your story. Okay. I've done the cancer dance three times. Now, what does that mean? I don't say I fought cancer because what you fight fights back. Um, I'm not a survivor because I hang on by a lot more than teeth and toenails. A cancer dancer finds out how graceful they can be under pressure, avoids getting their toes stepped on, and gets off the dance floor in one piece. Now, the pre-birth plan that I had was I had to learn to come down as a female. Apparently, I come down most times as male and really understand the female body. It's not a bargaining chip. Women are worth much more than their body. But with the kind of childhood that I was subjected to, it took me decades to learn that. And that's why I had literally a Dolly Parton figure, literally from age 11. So I got cancer in 89, lumpectomies and radiation, more surgery in 2000, and a double mastectomy in 04. Now, What it is, is Spirit was saying, look, we need you down there to do a lot of work and do some teaching. If you can't get past this problem, we're going to remove the problem. Which is why the third time, <clears throat> it was the second primary. Took the danger clock back to zero. But I now have a figure that looks absolutely normal. And I'm 67 and I look like a grandmother and the body's not going to be the bargaining chip anymore. Mm. That happened when I was... 49 and I have learned to teach through what happened. It's called living the examined life mm -hmm. and always asking three questions. What am I unhappy about? Why am I unhappy about that? What do I think would happen if I stopped being unhappy about that? Mm. So I learned to embrace who I am now and still married 20 years this year. Congratulations. And, hey, It's not just me, it's him. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm just used, I mean, I almost can't remember what I used to be like. And my life is very, very different than it would have been. Not yeah. bad, but different. So that's the key. Yes, if, you, if the psychic says, you know, you'll never marry, you can say to the psychic, thank you for sharing. You may think that if you wish and hold the vision that you get married. That's true. You can change the tra trajectory because I remember I saw a psychic six years ago in Seattle, Washington, and I she told me I was going to have a child with this guy that I wasn't too sure about. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up not happening. It, I changed the story because I was like, he's not the one. So, yeah, right. people don't have to be scared to see a psychic. I think there's this this bad connotation on psychics. Like, yeah, you can I mean, change we, what this. Yeah, true. On the other hand, though, sometimes I will see stuff. Um, there was a woman I read in Kitchener, Ontario, and um, I told her that I saw her taking in a border, okay, but she was probably going to want to sell her house. Notice that's not you're going to get cancer and die. But she looked at me, got up, said, you suck, and walked away. Okay. Who's the first person in my chair the next time I'm up there? Hmm? She said, last time I said, you sucked. I said, I remember. She said, because you said I was going to take in a border and then I would want to sell my house. I thought this was all full, but 
my daughter got pregnant and moved home. And now I'm going to sell my house to raise my grandson. And I still don't like you, but I want to know what else you see. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, that's true. You can't beat her up. That's true. No, 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 that's no, no, true. no. I totally agree on that one. That was a good, that was a good example. Yeah. Take it to what they say. Take it in, you know? Um, yeah. And like for, oh, what'd you want to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So for some people that want to ask questions to a psychic, like, um, what, 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 like, how do you know what kind of questions to ask? Because, I mean, I know what questions to ask. Like, I have a ton of questions, but some people are like, well, what do I do? I don't want to know if I'm going to die. You know, some people be like, I don't know if I want to die. I don't want to know what I'm going to die. But well, you have the right to tell the psychic, don't talk to me about health or don't tell me when I'm going to die. For one thing, yeah. no psychic should ever tell you when you're going to die because that's between you and God. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah. It is the height of unprofessional behavior. And anyway, we don't just have one place. We have four or five places. You know how people say, I should have died in that, ac- excuse me, that accident, but somehow I miraculously walked away. That was the tipping point. It's when the soul looked and said, no, we still have more work to do. So they got out of the accident. If the soul said, I guess we're done, it would have been an exit point. Okay. I agree. Now, a lot of psychics will say, oh, you shouldn't say anything. Let me just blarg at you and yeah, well, but what if you tell me about my business and what I really wanted was my kid, you know? So when you sit with me, the first thing I will say to you is, okay, what's the most important thing you want to walk out of your knowing? And if you go blank on me, I'll go Brooklyn on you and say, darling, what's biting your butt? Because that, everybody's got one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you've got the everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids, finances. Okay, God, you're filthy here. What the hell is going on? You can ask about past lives. Why do I have this thing for 1642 Belgium? You can ask to speak to your spirit guide, Binky, or you can talk to dead Aunt Mabel. I mean, I do all that. I'm a general practitioner. Um, But what I will not let you do is ask yes or no questions. You know what? That's when the bad psychics say, oh no, what you want is not going to happen because you have a hole in your aura. But I have a $600 candle. (laughs) Wrong. If you said, all right, I want to open up a broadcast studio and teach it. I would not say with three cards, wait until January and fire the redhead. There would be a card for you, a card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location to look for, how to market it. Clients, competition, staff, finance is what you need to know and best possible outcome. Look at all the juicy information I'm giving you to put a rocket pack on your back and you go grab your life. With me, questions must be empowering. That makes sense. Okay. But for past lives, I'll give you a couple of examples. There was a woman who came to me and said, my son is 29. He will never make a decision without me. He won't live more than a mile from me. What is going on? And so I went upstairs and in a minute I said, okay, I see it's 1944, uh, Utah Beach, World War II. He's on the beach and he's uh, pretty wounded, but you're his commanding officer and you're dragging him over a dune. You take shrapnel too, but you both get out alive. She looks at me and she says, what was my rank? Do you see it? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She says, he's called me sergeant since he was three years old and we never knew why. Wow. And another one was a woman, you know, cute blonde from Des Moines, always been a Midwesterner, but she had this absolute fascination with the Underground Railroad. And so, again, went upstairs and said, okay, I'm seeing a small whitewashed room. 
The ceiling is low, so two tall gentlemen who are standing at the foot of this little rickety iron bed, their heads are bent over. You're in a dress about 1862. It's gray with black soutache. Remember, I know fashion from wherever. And in the bed is a little old black woman. She's dying, and you're all grieving because she came up from Mississippi Plantation, and one more trip would have gotten her to Boston, which was the end of the Underground Railroad for her, but she's dying. She's not going to make it. And I open my eyes, and this woman is sobbing and says, I have had that exact dream for 20 years, and I never knew what it was. Wow. That is so deep. Man, that's an example of a past life. It I certainly mean, is. I think I think we, some of us, well, some of us that's in tune, we all have this, like, feeling of something that happened before. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. somebody, like, the person I was before was wealthy, highly wealthy. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every time I turn around, I soak in everything. Like if I got a skill set, I grab it and I don't, mm-hmm. I can't stop myself from grabbing it. I was like, yeah, okay. I was wealthy. So this, but I, I would love to talk to you about that though, a day to see where that come from. And I think people that have these feelings need to talk to someone like you that has the experience to, so they can un- get more of an understanding of why does this keep happening? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yes. Now there are two ways to look at past lives. What I do for you is called past life retrieval. You don't get hypnotized. You tell me, there's my situation. And I go up to the Akashic and pull it down, say, here's the situation. Past life regression is what most people know about. That's where you get put into a trance and you go up and you relive a past life. What is vital for everyone to remember is do not do past life regression unless the person working with you is a certified hypnotherapist or a certified past life regressionist, which is kind of a hypnotherapist subset. Why? Because if you go up there and you are re-experiencing a traumatic death, a rape, some, you know, a, a horrible situation, if the person you're working with doesn't know how to pull you out, that can give you PTSD. But someone who is certified understands how to help you back off from it understand that you are simply watching it you're not reliving it so you can get the information but not be traumatized Ooh, that's a good one okay that makes sense because yeah you can that can be traumatizing if you, somebody brings back something that was just really bad you're like i was trying to hide that that makes sense mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. that's some good tips here um so in your book clean out your life closet you talk about life's yep. th- uh, three-legged stool what's that about yep. All right, there's an old saying, um, which leg of a stool is the most important? And it's all of them, otherwise you fall on your butt. But for me, the three-legged stool is getting clear on your purpose, getting clear in relationships, and getting clear with spirit. You got all three of those settled, and you're going to be in great shape, and you'll be able to just take your life and run with it. Ooh, I like that. And that, and so which, that leg, because- which leg you want first? Do you want me to discuss anyone or do you just want to know what the leg was? I want to know them all. Okay. So getting clear on your purpose. Don't come to a psychic and say, what is my purpose? We haven't lived your life. We haven't experienced your traumas. We haven't had your successes. Your purpose is kind of your sentence of passion. What you want to tell God you got to do when you were down here. My sentence of passion is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. 
when I can take somebody from point A to point B when they thought they couldn't make it, whack them on their shoulder and say, here are your wings. You don't need a flight plan. Now get, I'm living my purpose. And I've done it as an actress, an author, an inspirational speaker, a video producer, a legal assistant, a writer for a graphic novel series called Elf Quest, you name it. But always making sure that what I was doing for my clients or writing in my stories was bringing that idea of fear to fear to fearlessness. Now, clear, clear on relationships is relationships are not just love. You have a relationship with your dry cleaning person. It's a matter of knowing how to work with people. So it's always a win-win, but you still maintain your boundaries and you're, you treat yourself well and you expect others to treat you well. And getting clear with spirit is, I don't care if you are Christian, Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim, pagan, or believe in Ralph the Wonder Dog. I really do. <laughs> Just know that somebody up there loves you, wants the best for you, and is willing to work with you. And when you have that connection with that upstairs source, that's a very strong third leg on your stool. Mm, I love that. Oh my God, I can't wait to uh, read your book. This this is very Thank interesting you. because I, I'm a big I'm, I read stuff like this all the time. I'm a big spiritualist and understanding the unknown. Um, and what what do you mean by think like a Martian? Can you well, give that's us always fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a matter of how to use those three questions. You know, what happens if you don't get mad? What happens if you're not upset? Um if you and I were sitting together and there was water running down your cheeks, I might say, why are you crying? But I could be wrong. A Martian comes down and he knows from nothing about people, but he was sent by the big guy to learn about humans. And so the Martian would watch the two of us and he would toddle up to you and would say, why is there water coming from your eyes? And the Martian might be right because your contact lenses might be bothering you or you might have allergies, or maybe there's an emotional basis. So the idea of think like a Martian is absolutely being open to finding out the information. My favorite example of this, gotta hear this. Um, There was a guy who was married, he had a daughter, he was in a terrible car accident, and his face kind of looked like spin art after they finished it. He was very, very self-conscious of how hideous he thought he was, but he still was married. So one day he put his little kid to bed and she grabs his face and she smushes it next to hers and says, this would be a great picture, but it would be better if mommy's face were in the picture. Now, old him would have said, see, even my daughter thinks I'm hideous and think about the years of trauma. Instead, he thought like a Martian and asked her, why would it be better if mommy's face were in the picture? And the kid just looks at him and says, because mommy can't hold the camera still and you take good pictures. Look at that. Look at the years of trauma that were avoided because one question and thinking like a Martian. And that's all you have to do is think, it's it's like thinking outside the box. Yes. And and sometimes we do have to ask questions to get to that root answer that we're looking for because everything is not always what we think it is. I love it. Oh, I love it. Think like a Martian. I love that. I love it. Um, And so what's the drive What's what's a drive-by psychic shooting? Oh, you're hitting the hot button on here, Sephora. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, people get scared of psychics because they think we have no boundaries. 
And they think that you're walking by us and we're looking at your brain. Well, we're not. But the thing is, people like the Long Island medium. They show her walking up to somebody in the produce department in Wegmans and going, excuse me, I have a message from the Arantor. Is your back tire? It's bald. You're going to have a car accident in a week. If you don't fix it, she's telling you and walks away. Now, that's not how it happens, number one. <laughs> Her PR team goes and looks at all the Wegmans on Long Island for a month and chooses one. Then they interview people who say, yes, I'd like to be on, and they sign a model release, and then it's rehearsed six times. Okay. But people see that and assume they have a right to go up to you and give a message. When you don't yeah. know them from Adam's house cat, hey, what if someone yeah. came up to you, Sequoia? Uh, you know, you, you just got out of the big chicken down in Atlanta. And they walk up to you and say, hi, uh, my name is uh, Sister Susie and I have a message for you that you have lung cancer. And if you don't go and have an operation within two weeks, you're going to die a horrible death. What? Remember, 85% rule, so you know that she doesn't have to be accurate. And even if you said, I don't want to hear it, and she follows you, that means that her ego trumps your privacy. Ah, that's so that's so ironic that you mentioned this story. Now I understand the drive-by psychic shooting, because mm-hmm. when I was living in L.A., I was going to this meeting, and this... this um, Asian guy comes up to me now he didn't look homeless he, he this was on in this was in West Hollywood area and yep. I was trying to pay for the parking he comes up to me and says hey you're gonna be very wealthy but you talk too much if you would just stop talking and tell everybody everything you would be you would do better like who are you and I'm like what but then he was right I did talk too much at the time and I re- did you know I had a feeling from intuition from God saying shut up stop telling everybody what you're trying to do because you're outside a box you all you have different things you like to do but it was weird but, that he just came up to me like that mm-hmm. and that was relatively harmless but it's the ones who say I have a message from your father and you must listen to it and your father really didn't love you and you know that's yeah. the kind of thing it's their ego and you yeah. have a right to just say, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm not accepting it. Get out of my face. And yeah. if they follow you, you go find the, the you know, store manager and you say you're being harassed. Yeah. That's, yeah. Again, professionals not do not right. do that. Mm-mm. And, I, and yeah. I agree on that. I wouldn't even pay someone that's going to run up behind me. Let me book with you and, and decide what I need to ask. I agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can every psychic talk to dead people? And it's ironic because I just watched a movie with some, I, I forgot it was called, but it was a movie on Netflix. And they were, tra- this lady was talking to dead, like the, the person, the grandpa came through her and she was like, you know, he said, I said, do this. And the grandpa came, uh, the dead grandpa started talking through her. And I'm like, uh, is it really um, the grandpa or, you know, when, you know, I don't know. Cause I know people in real life do this too. So just curious. Um, the rule is all media mediums are people who talk to dead people. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Mm. It's like all pulmonologists, that's your lung doctor, went to medical school, but not everyone who goes to medical school is a pulmonologist. Some of them have different specialties. So mediums talk to dead people. Chan- people who channel, they can channel angels and spirit guides and ETs and things like that. Mediums are specifically for dead Aunt Mabel. 
Mm, okay. Okay. That makes sense. That's a good one. Because um, there was this guy, I think he was on a. He was so popular on MTV. He was a, it was a white guy. He had blonde hair. And he would talk the to. The Hollywood medium. Yeah. Like, what was, you know, I'm like, I'm curious as to, is he, was he the real deal or was he just a good researcher? I have, so. I have no idea, darling. But remember, reality yeah. show is an oxymoron like Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I don't know about that. But yeah, I mean, that, that was interesting. Um, what are the warning signs for a bad psychic? Like, AKA Cle- uh, Psychic Cleo. What was her name? Cleo. That was Ms. all over. Cleo. Yes, Ms. Cleo. Ms. Yeah. Cleo. <laughs> all right. If they tell you that you're cursed or you have bad luck and they're the only ones who can get you out of it, run. If they tell you that somehow you're connected to them through a past life, so you need to give them money or you need to let them live with you, wrong. If they tell you that, for instance, your jewelry is cursed or your house is cursed or your money is cursed. So they need to hold on to the jewelry, the deed to your house, your stock portfolio, your bank account and bless it. No, honeys. No. You need something blessed. We can do it from a distance. You Look, you know, I wouldn't give that stuff to my brother. And you may know me for a million years and trust me, but do you know our cleaning lady? Do you know the person who is coming over for dinner? You don't. So you hold on to your own stuff. You give nothing of that level of privacy to a psychic, no matter how long you have known them. Yes, I agree. That That's the suspect right there. Like, you don't need my big account. Like, have several seats, you know? <laughs> that's crazy. But I believe it's out there. There's so many scammers. And I don't know what Miss, Miss Cleo was doing. I know she got caught or something. But, like, people were actually paying this lady You're tons of money. Way, you know. Yeah. The, the reason that I wrote my book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, which protects people from things like that, there was a show I did in Toronto years ago, 250 booths, and across the way was one of the fake gypsies, okay? We saw a woman walking down the aisle, kind of looking at all our booths, and the fake gypsy runs out and grabs the woman's arm. Now, in psychic show parlance, that's called hooking, and it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. But this woman goes, oh, you no need to pay 30, 40, 50 dollars. I need your pound for 10. Come. Drags the woman into the booth behind a curtain. 20 minutes later, we see the woman leave, crying hysterically. We go over and see what happened. And the gypsy said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four. You have dog. $50 every family member. 25 for dog. Oh, small, we fix. God. And told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I bless real good. Only $1 candle. Her entire family was going to die in an accident in two weeks. And the woman bought it. Oh, no. That's oh, no. why I wrote the book I did. And the subtitle is How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. There we go. Oh, I love it. You're so outside the box. I love your mindset as far as how you word things. Because sometimes, you know, I told you, like, words are my drug just, of choice. Yes. And hey, I wish I was a wordsmith because I'm, I'm more of a talker, but I, I definitely like that. That That's the bomb because like things like a Martian and the, the three-legged, what was it? Three-legged stool. Yeah, I love it because it just it just go it just shows you different analogies of things and I mean it just it just makes sense with what the whole statement is. Um yeah, so ooh, that's this is the next one. A Ouija boards. So Ouija boards, there's so many movies about 
Ouija boards and, and that is bad. And then you got, I met some people that said, oh, it helps. But do you think you're cursed after you use the Ouija board? Are we bringing in evil ancestor? Oh, Sequoia, Sequoia. <laughs> when I lecture at psychic fairs, one of the questions I ask is how many of you use Ouija boards? And a bunch of hands go up and I just say, okay, guys, using a Ouija board when you don't know how to ground, center, and shield is like throwing open your door in a strange neighborhood and yelling free beer. You don't know who's out there, but they heard you and you're coming. Yeah, I know. Um, on Downton Abbey, uh, Anna got the dead fiance of Matthew and it was all romantic. No, I have dealt with gibbering, hysterical, terrified teenagers who the first time they put their hands on the little planchet said, who's there? It started to move and spelled backwards very fast was, I have an axe and I'm here to kill you. Trust me, it wasn't their Uncle Danny. Oh my God. And for everybody that says, oh, it's in the toy department. How difficult could it be? That's when I say, okay, you in the audience, who here has a kid or a grandchild under 10? And a bunch of hands go up. I say, all right, you. How old? Eight. What's his name? Joshy. Okay. Joshy comes to you and says, Grandma, Grandma, I got all A's on my report card and you said we could go pick out a toy. So he drags you to the toy department and points to a box that says, My Curse Chainsaw. It's in the toy department. Are you going to let him play with it by himself? I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I, I'm not touching the Ouija board. I'm sorry. It can stay You're where a it's smart at. woman. I'm, I'm good Thank with my, my tarot cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a deck of those because I'm learning myself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on tarot card reading, uh, which I might take your class because you said you have a class on tarot cards. I do. But I'll tell uh, you, the thing about tarot is don't just learn the meanings. You got to look at the allegory. Um, I don't know what deck you use. It's probably the Rider Waite deck, which is the one that everybody starts with. I got this one. (laughs) That one? Oh, I've seen that one. That's wonderful. Okay. (laughs) The Tower card. Everybody is scared of the Tower card. Why? Because it shows people falling off a flaming tower. The tower is crumbling. And they think it's doom, gloom, and destruction. And I say, "Uh uh-uh. I want you to think of it like the imploding sports stadium. Okay. Braves want to build a new stadium. They got to blow up the old one first and clear the ground. So when you get the tower card, realize there will be things in your life that must change, but you can walk toward the change. You don't have to walk away from it. The devil card does not mean Mr. Horns and a tail. It is being bedeviled by something, someone or some situation or holding yourself back from your highest and best through some bad habits. The longer you read the cards, the more they will talk to you. Yeah. And and there will be times when you will get something so out of left field, but it's right. The three pentacles card. That's usually, it's a stone church and someone's working on stained glass and it talks about mastery. But I saw that card when I was reading for a couple and I looked at it. What came out of my mouth was there is an abandoned or deconsecrated church within a couple of miles of here and you need to open up a cafe bakery there. And they looked at each other and looked at me and said, yeah, we know which one we've been arguing for two years. Wow. That is their spirit guide tapping me on the shoulder and saying, excuse me, will you please hit them up then with a clue brick? You know what? That's so true. Because like you'll get 
hey i didn't even think about that like their their spirit guide could tap on you because you're the helper and give them that 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 uh that answer because i I work i talked to my cousins a few times i was practicing my tarot card reading and they would say man you're on the nose about my son or and i'm like i didn't even really know because i'm not you know these are people i'm not talking to every day it's just like what's every few months and when when this feeling reads you your guides are hanging out at the table with you and nudging them to say tell her this tell him that yes not just us and that's what I was thinking. I said, this is deeper, you know, than we think. Now, ooh, so one question I want to ask you, because I know we're going to wrap up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. As far as, uh, okay, so it's two questions. So the first yeah. one is, do you think psychics tap into their third eye? Like, do, you, do they tap into their third eye to get um, ideas too? But then some people say, well, it's bad to tap into your third eye, because then you could no. attract some, some bad that, spirits. That's the pineal gland. And, you know, yeah. it's a funny thing. There is beginning to be anecdotal evidence that people who are really good psychics got to clop up the head when they were kids. For instance, with me, when I was four years old, growing up in Camden, New Jersey, one winter I was sliding down the hill at Dudley Grange Park, and no one had taught me how to roll off my sled, so I went face first into a concrete bench. Boom. I had a very thick skull, no fractures, nothing, didn't break my nose, but boom, third eye took a hit. And I started being really interested in psychic work when I was nine. Wow. So if you've had a clop upside the head, who knows? I have. There you go. <laughs> that might explain why I'm into yes, this whole spiritual thing. That's why podcast called Blue Aquas Podcast, because we're tapping in here. You know? Um, and then the other question is, now, I can't remember the name of it, but it's tarot cards, and there's something else that someone was writing a book on that was telling me about how they do the the, the Greek tarot reading and it's like a it's like you get these rocks and you throw runes runes there we go so runes. all right now i didn't know about greek that's <laughs> norse that's vikings okay because it said i downloaded some weird app and it said greek uh well reading. who knows but what and, you're talking about are these full stones ooh, and each yeah. one has a rune or a symbol on it and yeah. They can also be, you can use these, you can use chopsticks, you can use chicken bones. Remember, it's not that the cards themselves are magic. It is that they are doorways to help us grab the information that most people don't know how to get and bring it down for them. Mm, I like that. So it, it would behoove people to use tarot cards and runes. You know, when they're trying to get into this profession, numerology and astrology and pendulum, enjoy it. You do not have to master everything anymore. You have to take every single college course, find the things you love and go deep dish and don't be afraid to combine them. I love it. I love that. Thank you so much for this interview today. I mean, this is awesome. I had a blast. And I had so much fun because this is really my, this is my ball game here. That's what I Mm -hmm. love to talk about. Um, And so where can people, well, I'm going to put this in the show notes, but where can people get your book from and and any classes you might have? All the books are on Amazon. You've got Clean Out Your Life Closet. That's the self-help on clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. You can get the Psychic Yellow Brick Road which is the one on how do you use psychic advice and do it safely. And if you're crazy enough to want to do what I do for a living and you want to start doing the psychic fairs, the next book is um, 
available. It's called You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie? And it's everything I learned for being on the road for 18 years, 45 weekends a year, 45,000 miles a year on the car. It's wow. all for you. I'm getting that. Where to, where to find me is simple. Corby Mitlife. That's the website. Um, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Patreon, Medium. The name is the the name is the game. I love it. You just inspire me so much. And um, so, before we close off, what's a quote or saying that you go by? Um, my very favorite for me is a quote from Robert Heinlein in Time Enough for Love, an old science fiction book. In life, moderation is for monks. Take big bites. Right, live it to the to the limit. Push it to the limit. Live your best you life, people, and that's what I'm all about. We're gonna live our best life. Thanks so so much, Corby, for being on here. Everybody, thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, and thanks for supporting Blue Alchemist podcast. Be safe, be easy, and be be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>